our Bibles out this morning. A message from the throne of God to us. We're going to start by going to Jeremiah chapter 29. Let's turn there please. Jeremiah chapter 29. When you get there, let's look down at verse 12. Although verse 11 is a wonderful promise to circle and remember, we're starting with verse 12 for today's topic and message. Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. In the wisdom of God, in an all-knowing God who loves and cares for us, many times he will actually orchestrate situations that have a severity attached to them, an, an urgency and a... And a uh, such a importance to them that it drives us to the place, actually drives us to the place where we wind up crying out to God with all of our heart for an answer, for Him to speak. When things are just going along pretty good, our, our prayers are what you might call half-hearted sometimes. That is, our whole heart's not involved in what we're crying out about. But when things get desperate enough, everything else can lose its urgency and importance and we can just press into God like we probably weren't even capable of doing except for the desperation of the situation. It causes a person to reach way down with inside and focus on one thing and that's crying out to God for an answer. And when you get an answer from God in a situation like that, you can rest assured and know that what He promised he will bring to pass. When you've paid the price of crying out with a sincere heart to get a word, whatever you do, document it, write it down, date it, and stand and believe that word. Because uh, remember the state you were in when you cried out to him. Surely in that state of mind, God will not leave you without an answer. And surely when the answer arrives, you'll know that it's him. Sometimes I know God's spoken because I was in such a, a uh, focused, intense state of seeking and crying out when the answer came. I knew when it arrived it was God because of the intensity and the, uh, 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 of my focus on hearing from Him. I knew when it arrived. Well, there's the answer. When, you're not, when you've got other things on your agenda and you're busy and you're kind of praying but you've got other things going on, you don't always recognize the answer so clearly when it comes. But when you're in that intense state intense state of crying out to God when that answer comes you say God has spoken it's so fresh right then but after it sits a while it can start to get stale you must record it and keep it fresh in your mind and your heart and in your memory so that you don't lose what God spoke to you what you paid the price for in your desperate cry and plea to him that he responded to that's such an important point in time when you get an answer from God like that after you receive an answer let's look at first Thessalonians, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, then the three T's, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus. We're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
Once you've gotten a word from God about anything that you cried out for until He spoke, there's still a timing attached. So that's why it's important to remember the price that you paid and that you indeed heard from God and not let it lose any of its power within your faith and your belief. Not let it go stale or get covered up with dust. But to believe it just like the day that you received it because some time has gone by and you haven't seen the word come to pass. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you. Oh, 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 wait, wait, I left out two words. Uh, I didn't finish the sentence. I looked up too soon. It says, the word of God which effectually works also in you that believe. The devil, if he knows that you've got a word from God, he'll do all in his power to try to deceive you into to not believing that God's going to do what he said. That's what the devil will do. He'll test that word. He'll try the word much as Joseph's word from God was tried as he was in prison and as he was at Potiphar's and all those years were going by. His word was tested before it came forth in its assigned season of time. Actually a point in time in that case when he was promoted in one day. Then the word came forth. But notice it said here, it said, when you received the word of God. That's that point in time. When you received the word of God. Received it as it is in truth. The word of God. Which works. In you that believe. It works in you that believe. I want you to hold your place there. We'll be going back to this verse. But could we turn back to Ezekiel chapter 1 as we put some scriptures together. Kind of like when you're cooking up a dish and a recipe. You know, you put two tablespoons of this and a cup of that and you mix it together. Only the right portions of the right ingredients to bring about the full flavor and the final results in a delicious meal. We're going to Ezekiel chapter uh, 1. The first chapter of Ezekiel. And we'll look at, begin at the first verse. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1. We're holding our place in Thessalonians. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shebar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest. In the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shebar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and so forth and so on. He describes the vision he got in his time of seeking God. 
It came expressly to him. You know, if you paid the price to really cry out to God and seek to God, and only you know when you're really crying out from a, from a, uh, with all of your heart, and that word arrives, it's every bit as powerful and potent and powerful, uh, as powerful and potent and real and dependable as the word that Ezekiel just got. It's the same God. Matter of fact, you have a better position with God than Ezekiel did. You're the son or the daughter of the living God. This is Father's Day. Only through Jesus can you become sons and daughters. And Ezekiel wasn't a son of God. He was one of God's people. He was a prophet. But he didn't have the relationship that you have with God your Father. I mean, God saved the best for last. And we happen to be the ones who by grace are recipients of it. As he's revealing his character to all the universe. All the angels. All people. And so when you got in that desperate time heard from God, know this. Block it down in concrete. Write it down and let it sit and be there forever. Because God Almighty spoke to you just as he did to Ezekiel. Don't ever think, but who am I? Maybe God you know, but no, no, no. You're important to God. You're special to God. And, and so if God said it, then God will bring it to pass. And then the rest of this chapter is about what God said in that word that Ezekiel got. When I am writing down the different things that God's spoken to me in my composition book journal, I go through a 70-page one in about a month uh, with the events that I felt like were speaking to me with the scriptures I got in my morning time and seeking God, with the dreams that I faithfully record and go back and rewrite and review. In reviewing of that, that's where... I stay in that place of communion where I know that all the parts are lined up together and I'm moving with the Word of God and what He promised and can see it come to pass. And so um, each time I get a word from God, it's like to me a visitation, a special point in time that that word came. Even last night, just before I woke up this morning, a dream from God. How important is that? Because it was a point in time when God spoke to me, just as he did Ezekiel, who recorded the year, the month, the day, what was going on, the time, and so forth, when he received his word from God. If I had a dream in my sleep last night from God, it's every bit as potent and powerful as Ezekiel's vision by the river there. Isn't it? Did God diminish it a little bit? Because, no, no, no. God's, God, you know, God's serious about this thing, and He wants us to be serious, amen? To realize who we are. So I'm, I'm His servant, but I'm also His son, and it's very important what He spoke to me. Psalm 139. How important are you to God? Because after all, He has millions and millions of children. So how important are you as an individual? Well, that's something to keep reminding yourself of. Because it is a one-on-one father-son relationship. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Down to verse 17. Take this from the psalmist. Matter of fact, read in the psalms every day. And read them as if it were talking personally to you each time. Because it will apply like that. Psalm 139, 17. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. God's been thinking about me. Say that out loud. God's been thinking about me. 
How great is the sum of your thoughts unto me. If I should count your thoughts unto me, they're more than the number in the sand. Glory to God. And you know, you go down to the beach and just walk along a strip of beach there and try counting the grains of the sand on the beach. <laughs> you won't go but about two or three feet and you realize that you, you, you can take just one little circle, make it with your hand and try counting the grains. You, you'll realize it's impossible. There's so many grains, you just can't count them. So many that you can't count them. And the scripture says, that's how God's thoughts towards you are. Maybe you remember when you were young and infatuated with someone of the opposite sex. If you ever had a crush on someone, a, a boy having a crush on a girl or a girl on a boy, and when that infatuation spirit gets into you, you that's all you want to think about is that other person. Anybody here remember that far back? And when, when you fall, quote, fall in love with someone, it just consumes all your thoughts. And that's how God's love is towards you. He's personal enough and big enough that He's consumed all the time in His relationship with you, His thoughts toward you. Wow. That's heavy, man. And so He does send answers to us when we pray, when we call out to Him. We're going to 2 Corinthians God's in love with me. Won't you say that together? God's in love with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Hank Williams wrote a song one time. It said, You are always on my mind. And that's what a lot of the love songs are about, about someone being on your mind all the time. That's the way it is with God and you. His thoughts towards you. They're so numerous you can't count them even as you can't count the grains of sand. Second Corinthians chapter 13, talking personally to you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion. Think about these all three big, all-encompassing, huge things that are yours. His grace, His love, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. What a word that word communion is. It means fellowship. Really, it has the prefix of the word, the root of the word commune, C-O-M-M-U-N, which is where we get the word communication. You can't have communion without communication. You can't have fellowship without exchanging communication. And this tells us that there is available to us an ongoing, continual communication from God. It's a fellowship that you have with Him, ongoing where He's talking to you. I'm in God's thoughts continually. Why don't you say that with me? I am in God's thoughts continually. He communicates with me often. Say that with me. He communicates with me often. That's the one thing I teach the most when I go anywhere. How God wants to continually keep you in that communication zone so that you're hearing from Him all the time. Amen. Glory to God. God communicating all the time to us. When I teach this, people in other areas, they don't know this like you do. Did you know that? Wherever I go, they, they can't... All, if you take those teachings back there, 90% of them are about 
how to walk in God's communication. How to walk in that fellowship with Him where you're hearing from Him and walking with Him. Mixed with it is, is the faith part, big faith. Well, we just got back, Sanya and I, from uh, New York. And uh, people bought between four and $5,000 worth of those teaching series back there. And they crowded around there like bees in a hive. Oh, I want to get this one. Oh, I want to get that one. Oh, I wish I could get these all. Oh, look, I'll get these. You get those. Just thousands and thousands of dollars worth it because the subject matter there that they're hungry for the walk we're talking about and that you are aware of so fully. I'm so proud and blessed of our people here and the walk that we have with God because you don't find it everywhere you go. They're down on a different level where they're not to that stage yet and they're hungry for it. Sandy, uh, yesterday was my honeydew day and I did quite a few things in the yard around the house. But uh, here a while back she she decided she wanted some trees and wanted to build a whole hedge long full of bushes between us and the, the side of the porch and the other side. And she bought so many I thought it'd take me forever to plant these things. Uh, there's just too many. So we hired a young man and and he and I together, I just kind of oversaw it, and he did all the digging. And, and after all, I'm 66 years old, and he was like 30 years old or something, or 28, and he had a young wife and kid, and he needed the extra work and was glad to get the work. And it was a win-win, you know, because it was a blessing to him with his wife and children and uh, the money that he needed to to uh, for his budget. And so, so uh, he did most of the work, and I did most of the decision-making and helping him to make sure he got it straight and all that. And he did in a half a day what would have taken me, I don't know how long, to do because planting two bushes like that just about wears me down, it seems like, and it's a lot of work digging those big, deep holes. But uh, he was he worked hard and he worked steady, and we, we got the work done in a few hours. He was a good worker. It's nice to have good people working with you who are good workers. Amen? But the Bible says that you and I are laborers together, with God. We work with Him. It's not that we're doing all the work. It's a working together with Him. I remember in the, in the Mark chapter 16, it says when the disciples went out preaching the word everywhere, it says the Lord went with them, uh, working with them, and granting signs and wonders and so forth. The Lord was working with them. The two of you working together, you and God. And if He's if you're that much in his thoughts and if he wants to commune that much with you and so forth, if he covers you that much with grace, then there must be a place where we can tap into where we're always doing things together. And him working with us on whatever we're doing. Working with us if we're having a knitting class. Working with us to help that knitting class to succeed. Working with me to get those trees planted. The Lord working with him. Any good manager knows who his real workers are and who, which ones aren't. Because some people are workers and some aren't. Some people, they're just dead weight. Some people are just looking for a way to escape some work. But some work, people will get out there and work, and they'll work till the job is done, no matter what it takes. But what kind of a worker is God? I mean, God can get the job done. Amen? Did you hold your place in First Thessalonians? If not, go to the right there. Chapter 2. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 
verse 13, that you should walk worthy of God who's called you into his kingdom and glory. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing that when you receive the word of God which you heard of us you received it not as the word of man but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually works also in you that believe. God's word effectually works if you believe. Is that right? That's when it really works. I was, I was, uh, we were, we took three days at the end of our trip and took some, quote, vacation, unquote. <laughs> and did a lot of things and saw a lot of places and stayed busy, busy, busy on those three days. But we were eating somewhere and I was, I just given my money to the lady, and she was giving me back change for a twenty. I'd gotten some a burger or something, and some I forget something to drink. And uh, she was handing me the money, and, and and the phone rang, and I picked up the phone, and she handed me the money, and I was trying to talk on the phone and and count my change, and finally I said, "Look, hold on just a minute. I'm I'm right in the middle of a, a situation here. Just wait one minute." And I set the phone down and counted my change and put it in my pocket. Then I sat down. Well, the phone call was from. Uh, Hugh Jackman, who's my television producer over in uh, England, called him from England, and he said, Brother Benny, he said, uh, I'm on Revelation TV. I've got a, uh, a regular program there now. And he said, uh, you must be my guest on my first show. He said, I want to set up an interview. I want you to get one of these Skype cameras. That's the camera where you can see somebody that you're talking to as you talk. He said, we did it to Richard Roberts. said that on this program that I'm going to be hosting, he said, they, they did this with Richard Roberts last week, and it was very successful. And so you're going to be our guest this week. And so he said, uh, we need to set this up. I said, well, look, I, I'm out of town right now, but I'll be back, and we'll get back together. He said, okay. And so uh, he said, by the way, uh, he said, look, you need to come over here. We need to produce some more programs. He said, I've, I've, I can set you up over here. There's churches that want you over here. I said, well, we'll get back when I get back in town. So when I got back in town, he called, and he hastily said, uh, okay, uh, we're going to do this. Uh, trying to remember what day it was. We're going to do this uh, Thursday, Thursday afternoon, three o'clock your time, nine o'clock my time at night. We're going to have you on a live broadcast. So I, uh, he called while it was my one day off. I went out and played some golf with the guys and came back in. And Sandy said, "You've got to call Hugh Jackman right now." And he said. He said, we're going to go on at, at 3 o'clock. So I, I ran, uh, the camera on the computer didn't work, so I ran to Beaumont and went to two places, found the little Skycam camera thing. And uh, I didn't have time to stop by and get a check, so I gave them the credit card, and they wouldn't give me the tax back on it because it was a credit card and went through a bunch of rigmarole. Finally got it set up and working. We had a lot of red tape, and finally it was almost 3 o'clock. They went my whole afternoon trying to get this going. Then he called. He said, we're not going to be able to use the camera after all. We're just going to do telephone." So then all of a sudden I was on the air. Well, we got it online. Now, this program goes online uh, so the world can see it. You can watch it. You can watch it yourself on Revelation TV. I think it's .org.uk or just do a search on Revelation TV. And so 
So we got it online where we could watch him, and he had another pastor there, and they were talking back and forth over the speaker as I was talking to them on the phone. And he said, by the way, this program now is going on over the satellite, and he said it's being seen all over Europe, all over the United Kingdom, all over parts of Africa, as well as worldwide on the Internet. So we finally figured out that when he... When I told him something, there was 45 seconds between what we saw and when it reached through the satellite back to the to the to the uh, from the satellite back to the receiver to the where they can broadcast it over the computer to the computer programming it out and putting it on your screen. It takes 45 seconds. That's pretty neat to know. I was speaking; it was coming back over my over my computer in 45 seconds as I was talking. And so, all during this time, you know, uh, I, I was rehearsing these pieces that I'd gotten. <coughs> and when the program was finally over, he called me back. He said, we've got to get you over here, Brother Ben. He said, I can keep you busy right now for a month. He said, said this pastor in Wales wants you. He said, uh, they want you here, they want you there. He said, you've got to come. I said, well, I'll get back with you next week and we'll, we'll look at, he calls a calendar a diary. Well, I said, I'll look at my diary and uh, we'll get back and visit. Well, you know, after I reviewed and rehearsed that and reviewed the words I'd written down in my in my journal, I find that God was already telling me in advance, don't fall for the trap of moving too fast in this, or you're going to mess things up. Just because that door's open doesn't mean it's God's timing. And look at the gift I get. Walk slowly. Follow, what does it say? Walk more slowly? See how faithful God is to continue to speak. And there's no way I'm going to run up there and jump ship and go spend a month over there running around in England right now. I've, there's things here that need to be done. And if I do go, it's not going to be no 30 days. And, you know, even though that they look at that great door, I say, I forget the door, man. I, want, I need to get some things done here, you know. If I was a new young preacher, my zealousness might override the Word of God. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I will go back to the visitations I had from God before this ever happened. And I'll say, all right, here's what God's spoken to me. And I'll base my decisions on that because I've written them down because I go back and review them. See, I'm not letting go of the Word of God which effectually works in those who believe it. And so I'm definitely going to call him back and say, nope, I just can't work it out right now. I've already got my diary full and I've got too many other things that right now demand my time and oversight. And, and so I am praying about a trip that may be November or something it may be for 10 days or something, but, but I'm not, uh, you know, I don't care how many people want me over there. It's what does God want right now? And what am I supposed to be doing right now with my time? I need to be busy building the foundation continually where we're going with, with the church, the school, and the entire teaching ministry. The website's not really ready. Uh, too many things are not ready for me to go do that. So even though he's got it in his heart, let's do it now. Uh, he's young also and zealous. And I've learned by moving out ahead of God too many times, no, let's take God's time, let's patiently study the pieces and walk in the, in the guidance of the multitude of counsel that he's given me, and let's just move along with God's speed so we can continue to see God's hand do what it needs to be doing. So, but the message is to you today. To go back and remember that time that you cried out to God or cried to Him now if you have an urgent need. Tell you no, you've heard from Him. Write it down. And then go and continue reviewing your journal the things that you feel like God's telling you. And they all continue to fit together just like the poem today and the little toolkit 
fit with the other pieces God's already given me. When God begins to speak, it's like Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It's in a sequence from the beginning. In order. He speaks a piece here, a piece there. And when they all fit together, that's how you know you've got the counsel of God. Because they all fit together. And it's over a span of time. It's like a chronological thing. It gives you this piece, that piece. The, and as you review the pieces, you see just like a jigsaw puzzle where the pieces fit and how you get the full picture when the pieces fit together. So this is just, Shelley, another piece to the puzzle that God's revealing to me through the different ways he speaks and has spoken. And I went back to when I was counting out that change and I had to put the phone call on hold and finish with the counting of the money first. That was just a clear picture. I knew at the time, I said, this is a sign. I'm not supposed to run off to England right now. I've got to stay here and get these finances in order and get things up and running like they should be financed. So I said, that, even then I said, this is a sign. But now it's come so many times that, you know, it's, I don't have to have any, any qualms about this decision. And, and see, that's how it needs to be with you. Uh, too, when people are learning to hear from God, they, sometimes they think, but what if I make the wrong decision? What if, what if I start reading it wrong? No, as you just practice getting all these pieces, it's not that difficult. Uh, all these different pieces fitting together, that just makes it not difficult. And I'm trusting him enough, if I start moving in the wrong direction, he'll just faithfully give me pieces to stop me, just like he's doing here. So then it becomes where it's not a strain to do it, and, 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 and there's no fear that, oh God, what if I miss God? What if I start in the wrong direction? No, he'll still be there communicating. What if I start this and I'm moving? You know, he'll still be there to communicate. If it got bad enough, he'd probably have me be pulled over by the highway patrol and give me a speeding ticket. But it's not going to get like that because I'm not going to move too fast. Amen? But see, it's in the multitude of counsel. It's in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a witness being anything that stands up and speaks. That's where you get your confidence and your knowing and your assurance. And you just slowly, steadily keep moving towards what God told you. And he'll finish what he started. I better get these words. I, I've written down some, some words. I'm going to slip out early today and my wife's mother is going to take me out to Father's Day to, to eat. And the restaurant I want to go to is crowded. But the Holy Ghost wants to do something special. I'll be late. I don't mind. But I did get a word. I did get a word. I did get a word right there. If you don't write these words down when you get them, they're so easy to. You, you see, it's the very thing I'm teaching on. You've got to write it down and go back so you don't lose it. Because you'll forget these words. But B.J., he said, he showed me that things were fitting in place together, the different components of your life, little by little, step by step. Don't think that they aren't. And if one area looks like it's in serious trouble or looks like it's got some complications or you're concerned, don't be. Slowly, steadily, even when it looks negative, God's putting pieces together to uh, make everything fit. So this is a real deal this time. I really know that, and uh, I don't know what's going on but I don't have to. Just know that whether it's finances or marriage or health or whatever it might be, God's working to bring it all together. And Ashley, he said just to rest in his care and his timing and his hand to do what needs to be done. And rest in that. Don't be strained about it. Just rest in it. And Caroline, I saw things better and better in stages and he reminded me that you have a special communion with God that a lot of people don't understand. And what a blessing that is that you have that relationship, you and him, that special relationship.
with God. Let's put our Bibles up. Stand to our feet. How many of you do not uh, have a composition book where you journal things from God that you feel like God gave you? How many do not have one? Okay, if you're coming up, we're going to slap your wrist. No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) But what we'd like to do is to, listen, we'd like you to make a decision today that you'll do that. That You'll start doing that. I promise you things are are leaking out. You're losing some pieces that come to you. There's there's others. You come. If you're not keeping a journal, come on up. That's no problem. You're keeping one, Shelly, all the time? Hmm? You're working on it? But you have it, right? Yeah. BJ, you have one? You have a journal you're keeping? Hmm? You've got it with you. Good for you. You're making entries from God, huh? Ashley, do you, you keep one? Come on up, Ashley. I'm not, you know, this, not like we have a big church here. Let's, it's like my parents said before they spanked me. Now, this is for your own good. It hurts me more than it does you. I said, right. <laughs> but this isn't a spanking. This is just an anointing to, to really know that God will help you find time to do this. You buy the book and God will start helping you to find the time because I know time is the big factor that to fit this in your schedule. Father, in Jesus' name, we just impart a fresh anointing this morning for all of us, myself included, to stir up our desire to to be more diligent about writing down, seeking that guidance from you and writing it down and recording it and putting a date with it just as Ezekiel did to go back and review it because it's such nourishment for our spirit and it's such insurance as we're pressing towards true guidance. It such, such, gives us such assurance to know that the pieces of the compass all fit together heading us in the direction we're supposed to go. That you are a communicating God who wants to communicate with us continually a flow of guidance and to guide us and lead us and commune with us every day, step by step by step by step by step. And that you're going to perform the things you promised. Because we're going to keep those words fresh and stirred up. And we're going to believe in them. And those words, those promises are going to effectually work in our lives. Thank you for it, Father. And Lord, each of these people now makes a commitment to go by and purchase a composition book on the way home. For this very purpose. And place it on their nightstand or an appropriate place. And begin to journal in Jesus' name. Amen. I recommend the dollar store. And don't get the big thick one. Get the 70 page. Or it gets overwhelming when it's full. It's easier to review a 70 page. Let's want to bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Does anybody need a touch in their body? Or? Yes, we will pray for Denise. Would you come stand in proxy for her? This is Sandy's uh, sister-in-law, Denise. That, that they're concerned about a... Uh, uh, Bobsy, they're going to do a bobsy on her. Uh, they've done it. And so they suspect maybe something there through this bobsy. In the name of Jesus, we agree together that there's no cancer in her body. If there was any that is dissolving, dissipating, disappearing right now, we're expecting a good report. And we cover her with the blood of Jesus and with grace. And we pray in faith believing that this is being done, that she's going to get a clear report. We give you the praise and glory, Father. Even if they say, well, it looks like something was there, but it's not, or whatever that, whatever it might be, that she's going to get a clean report, and she's not going to have cancer, Father. We believe you for that, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Well, we bless you then in the name of Jesus that you're going to have a wonderful week this week. That this is going to be a week when the communion of the Holy Spirit is going to be there for you in a special, special way each and every day. That as you take time in the morning to seek Him in the Word and prayer, He's going to be there, meet you there. and He's going to minister to you in the Word and minister to you as you pray in your own spirit. The peace of God and the rest of God is going to be there with you all this week. His provision is going to be there for you. He's going to bless you coming in and bless going out. You're going to see God go before you this week and make crooked places straight and things work out. You're going to see God show up, especially in 20s and $30. You're going to see Him show up in figures of 20s and 30s. He's going to provide for your financial needs this week, whether it's supernatural or not. One way or another, He's going to help you. He's going to show you that He's there to see that your needs are met. And uh, this is going to be a week when you're going to walk in God's healing and health and His mental healing and health also. He's going to visit you with dreams and visions in the night this week. You're going to be blessed, blessed, blessed in every way. And God's going to use you to minister to someone else this week. You're blessed in Jesus' name. God heard your prayers this week that you prayed, I mean this morning, and answers are on the way for those too. You'll see some of those this very week. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. If you still need some prayer, we're here to pray with you.